Warriors, we have a great episode for you today. I said it, we are here. Today is the day. We have a fabulous, fabulous episode for you today. We have an interview with not only somebody on uh, social media, not only one of the influencers that give you a coupon code every day, not one, not something like that. I'm talking a true blue um, woman of uh, Instagram and not just like an influencer of like, of, of a certain kind. I'm talking a true a woman, a mother, um, a sister, um, a real um, advocate for her family. And I am just honored that she said yes <laughs> to join us here on the <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, please welcome Elizabeth. Now, when I say Elizabeth, you might go, oh, who's Elizabeth? But, okay. And I had to like, I wrote a sticky note. I didn't tell her this, but I wrote a sticky note on the laptop to say Elizabeth because all I can think of her is as ketchup, catfish with ketchup. And you might know her as Leanne's <laughs> sister or Josie's mom. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elizabeth. Welcome to Wonderfully Made. Thank you for having me, Amy. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Okay, so um, as you all know, you've all like screamed in your car or in your laundry room, whatever you're doing while you're listening to the podcast. Um, I am a huge fan, but for those of you that might not know you or um, might have a, a slight familiarity about you, uh, can you introduce yourself a little bit or kind of just give a quick little background about you and how you kind of made your introduction to social media and your family a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, well, I was born with an older sister who has Down syndrome. And so it's just the two of us. We grew up together and her name is Leanne. And um, I, you know, went off to college and I got married and I missed my sister. And we had relocated several times with my husband's job. And I was always looking for opportunities to be involved in the special needs community. And when we finally decided it was time to start a family, what felt most natural to me was to adopt a baby with Down syndrome. So in 2010, that's what we did. We adopted a little girl named Josie. Um, I also have two additional children. Marin is 11 and Lydia is eight. And in 2018, my mom passed away. And so I became legal guardian of my sister, Leanne. And so I kind of document our adventures on the social media account, Catfish with Ketchup on Instagram. But even before that, back in 2010, when we adopted Josie, I started a blog called Confessions of the Chromosomally Enhanced. Yeah. And that was just designed to keep our friends and family updated on her adoption and her progress. She went through some health challenges. So I was documenting all that. And over time, um, people started finding it. And I think that the blog was reassuring for new parents who had um, a child with Down syndrome that they saw that um, not only had I grown up with a sibling with Down syndrome, but then I chose that yeah. um, for my parenthood journey. And so I just started getting emails and a lot of favorable feedback. And then somehow, you know, our attention kind of moved more towards social media and kind of away from blogs. And so that's where we spend most of our days is on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into all the funness. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the uh, purple robes and the Pepsi days. And so <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy all of the uh, transparency that you bring. Um, so you mentioned your family dynamic and how um, you grew up with a sister with Down syndrome. Did you have any other siblings um, other than Leanne? 
No, it was just Leanne and I. Uh, Leanne is the oldest, and then I came along. And as far as I was concerned, she was normal. I mean, she I I didn't question why she had Down syndrome any more than I questioned why she had blonde hair and I have brown hair. I mean, it was just she was normal to me. She was my big sister. I looked up to her. Um, I loved her. Obviously, over time, I I did realize that there was a difference, but um, it didn't change our relationship. I mean, she was just she's just been the most influential person in my life. And um, I just felt like if I could share that with other people, they would really see the value that people with Down syndrome bring to the world. And and that's kind of been my message behind uh, my public advocacy efforts. Yeah. And I love that that's still the message when you have that message in the era that you had it. Um, so I don't, I'm maybe guessing like the nineties or something like that. That's your message. And still today in the 2020s, that's still the message that it's a beautiful blessing and um, it's nothing but one, you know, obviously there are um, any sibling <laughs> has the, um, <laughs> Uh, pros and cons of having a sibling are are great. And so um, it still rings true to having um, a sibling is um, such a benefit. And so I thought that that was so beautiful. And I think that's why so many people gravitate towards your story, that it's so beautiful to have um, that, that relationship still bring true to adulthood and your parenting. And so I think that's why that's one of the reasons that people gravitate towards it so much. Um, so when you mentioned your family dynamic, I think one of the things that people love to see, and I think we mentioned it, is you have two other children. Um, and, uh, we mentioned some of it in our, our conversations prior to, so, um, so I have, um, three children. My oldest daughter is Grace and she was born with Down syndrome and we have two other children. Um, I have a a daughter, Lily, she is 14 and then a son, Drew, he's 11. Um, and then we kind of talked about a little bit about how, um, that sibling um, relationship and dynamic kind of naturally have to occur um, different than other di- family dynamics that don't have any children with special needs in their family. And so describe to me a little bit how you're helping your two other children. You have Marin and Biddy um, there that yes. are <laughs> wonderful yeah. in their own right. Like, I just love their spotlights that they get too. And so describe how your family dynamic, how you tried to really structure it in a great way to help them get their spotlight and allow them to um, kind of, I, I want to say like, just really work cohesively together and learn how to be a great family dynamic, just kind of like what you had when you were growing up. Well, growing up with a sibling with Down syndrome, I was, um, <laughs> she has a presence. And and it was funny because you described me as Leanne's sister. And that was one thing growing up is like, yeah. I didn't have a name. I was Leanne's yeah. sister and my mom was Leanne's mom. And anywhere we went in town, she, Leanne would see somebody that she knew and people just loved her and fussed over her. And she had, you know, this big presence. She still does. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think um, I try to be mindful of that when I am um, parenting my own children, that, uh, you know, that that Leanne effect, I think generally is quite favorable. I mean, people's response to her is, is really warm and positive. But um, that, you know, the same thing with Josie, she's got a presence. She's, uh, (laughs) 
she's a bit of a local, you know, yeah. entity that people people recognize her. She obviously has a distinct look. Um, you know, people with Down syndrome are rare. So, yeah. uh, and and I think that we are kind of in a culture more so than when Leanne was growing up, where she's celebrated a little more. She's definitely um, had a more inclusive education. So um, when she's in the same school with my daughters, they're, um, you know, they're seeing her in the hall and in the cafeteria. Um, whereas my sister's education was a little different that she was very much isolated in a separate, you know, special ed classroom in a separate wing of the building. Right. Um, so I think um, I'm, I'm aware of that and, and they're aware of that too. And um, kind of sensitive to that, but generally they've been um, really proud to be Josie's sister. And they, um, I think they kind of appreciate the attention that she receives. But uh, my husband and I also try to make sure that they get their own time separate from being Josie's sister and that they establish their own identities in terms of um, not only having our attention, be it you know, spending time, you know, doing crafts or projects with them. Um, they pursue their own extracurricular activities uh, that, you know, kind of their own thing, like Marin did Taekwondo and they're, she, they're both currently swimming competitively. Um, so I think that there's, there's kind of that balance where we try to make sure they have their own time, their own activities. We've even done, um, we, we, we endearingly call them tipsies instead of saying neurotypically developing children. Yeah. But we've even done tipsy vacations where we have taken just um, those two girls. And those are usually done with the idea that Josie and Leanne don't like certain activities, particularly more kind of adventurous, gross motor activities. Yeah. And so that way, Travis and I can kind of do something with just those girls and they're not kind of limited by Josie and Leanne's um, okay you know, preferences and, and that sort of thing. Now talk about that because I think for a younger, talk to the younger mom a little bit more about that, because if you're a younger mom and you're maybe in the same kind of family dynamic where you have two children or three children and you have a little bit of a guilt maybe towards that where, you know, you don't want to family separate a little bit or you really want to take the inclusion a hundred percent, you know, through and through, um, how does that, how can you walk someone through that of the needed time for the kids to it? Um, also for the needed time for you as a family unit for that, because I mean, I'm the first one to say, yes, like Grace won't zip line. Grace won't, um, she won't go all day, <laughs> you know, she really, mm -hmm. easy. and so, um, she won't want to do the loud lazy river, you know, usually, or, or whatever we're doing. And so I, there's been many times where I thought, man, a nanny or a, a good babysitter would come in handy right now on a family vacation. But, Absolutely. You know, or her just staying home would probably come in handy too. But I, this never yeah. crossed my mind. I'm not kidding until I saw it on one of your Instagrams. I'm thinking, man, that's genius. But I, I, I felt like I was at a different um, parenting stage where if I was a younger parent, I probably would feel a lot more guilt towards it. Um, just personally speaking that I wouldn't feel as though, oh man, I, I couldn't do that. You know, did it come, did that come easy for you? Was that an easy transition? Maybe it's drawing on my sibling experience a little bit. I'll never forget when I first um, went to my husband's house, when we started dating, his family had a framed picture of them whitewater rafting and both of his parents and his brother were in the picture. 
And I was just kind of struck by that because our families never did any sort of adventurous vacation like that. Um, just that was that was kind of impossible with Leanne. So um, I guess in my mind, I kind of resolved that I, I don't want my typically developing kids to feel limited by uh, wow. what Josie and Leanne probably wouldn't enjoy anyway. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, they, I mean, I, if you know, you know, it's one of yeah, those things yeah, where you yeah. kind of mentioned grace, like she'll go to a certain point and, and yeah. Leanne and Josie are very much the same way. Like we can yeah. drag them along and they will participate to a certain point. And yeah. then we kind of hit a wall and, and yeah. they will manage to do something that kind yeah. of, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say ruins it for everyone, but yeah, you know, yeah. those, Leanne definitely in my childhood had little incidents where she would come up with a way that if she was over it and she wanted to go home, like she would make that happen one way or another. Yeah. And um, so I guess that I, while my kids definitely experience plenty of that, um, I think it's important for them to also have time that's just focused on them to where, yeah. you know, we can keep going and we're not limited by that threshold that um, Josie and Leanne might have. And it's also, like I said, a preferences thing. I mean, if, if we're going to go do like um, some sort of uh, theme park, yeah. Josie would be terrified of these rides. And honestly, Leanne's not much braver. So they don't want to be there anyway. They would rather be one-on-one -on -one home with a care provider or grandparents. And so I strongly encourage that in much the same way that in a typically developing family, you would want to make sure each child was getting their own attention and having their own identity and preferences honored. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. I love the thought in that. Um, there's a, one of the questions we talked about was, um, and we're just kind of actually hitting on it right now. It says, what do you love most about your family dynamic that your family does within the community? Um, is there something that you, you really try to purpose to make sure all of you are including all everybody within it? Like, um, do you purposely, um, like, so for us each year we have in San Diego, we have a buddy walk that benefits the Down Syndrome Association. And I know they have them all over the country. We try to, uh, I mean, we've, you know, Grace is 17. So we've had like 17 years of practice to really get a good team going. So um, we really, you know, uh, it's in each month in October. And so we do we really do that up really well here um, in San Diego. But is there something that, or not even something big that highlights Down Syndrome, but is there something that you really try to get your family out to that um, you try to have them cohesively be together within the community? Sure. Um, well, for us, it's church. Like that's non-negotiable that on Sunday, we all go to church. And um, it's something that I really had to work on with Josie, just not having the same attention span um, and maybe not even understanding because we're Catholic and mass can be a little dry at times. So that's something we really conscientiously worked on is increasing her tolerance for that. But um, church and church related activities are definitely family activities for us. And um, one kind of comfort I can offer uh, parents of younger ones, particularly if church or a similar activity is difficult is that, uh, Leanne used to have trouble sitting still in church too, but you know what? Oh, she's yeah. an adult now and she acts like an adult and she's mature and she's very faithful. And um, sometimes it just takes a while for maturity to kick in. But I think just to 
um, stay consistent with those values and saying this is something we're all going to do together as a family is, is really important and, and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I love that you highlighted that church is a big deal for us. And I, I remember uh, we would have one time, a couple of times we'd have like an all night prayer session or something like that. And we would bring the iPads. We would bring like almost every sensory item that is like um, uh, quiet friendly, <laughs> you know, yes. to you to help sustain us or snack that is quiet that I could sneakily like just kind of pass through. Um, but I think, you know, and I'm thankful that we were able to be um, faithful in it because I mean, Grace knows that Grace people love, you know, Grace loves going to church and she'll invite you to church and people won't say no to her too. So when she says, <laughs> she's this is, this is the best part of it. You're going to love this story. Okay. So, um, Grace has a phone and she's a texter. And so, you know, we show up at church starts at 10. And so come like nine 40, nine 45, she starts texting all the teens, you know, her friends and the cousins and the uncles, uh, church starts, hurry up, church starts, hurry up, you know, and they may have had an intention of going, or they may not have had an intention of coming. And, so, and Grace is texting you on Sunday morning to come to church. You're like, Okay. <laughs> I say this the accountability <laughs> committee I love it <laughs> almost like um Josie's a uh, bus uh <laughs> like selfies or like here's my seat next to you I'm saving a seat selfie kind of thing. absolutely yes <laughs> I love that one of the best things um in the technology of having a kid that's the honesty just flows you know like I'm here like I'm at church where are you <laughs> So absolutely that candor and it comes from such a good place, but it's like, they can say things that we can't, you know, <laughs> it totally does. Um, and I know one of the things we talked about is, and we can get, get to it right now, but um, is something that we wanted to promote or organization um, that we can bring awareness within the community. And we talked, we spoke about church and um, kind of bringing inclusion into different organizations or um, uh, community items that we're involved in. And you spoke about a special needs church, a special needs ministry at church. Do you guys have something like that now? Or are you trying to um, kind of participate in one? Well, yes. When we first moved to town, um, we've moved quite a bit with my husband's job, but um, there was a special needs ministry coordinator and my kids were pretty young at the time. I think Josie was maybe four or five. Um, and she kept calling me and inviting me to church. And I was just, you know, Lydia was still an infant and I was really overwhelmed like in just that stage of like, I can't imagine dragging this crew <laughs> to church. Um, and she kept saying, you know, we have the supports in place for you. We have a special needs ministry. Um, please bring them. And so so I did because she was persistent. And um, we started going and our special needs ministry was really incredible in that time. Um, they had something called mass mentors where they would pair Josie up with somebody else, like another volunteer at church who would sit with her and um, kind of work through, you know, going through the motions of Catholic church, you know, time to stand up, sit down, kneel, that sort of thing. And um, that was just one mass a month, but that would be a mass where the parents could actually focus on you know, the homily and pay attention and um, kind of not be distracted by trying to entertain kids. So that was one of their outreach programs. They also had uh, respite nights where we could drop 
our um, kids and all of our kids, not just the ones with disabilities, but all of our kids off and they would have all sorts of fun crafts and, you know, a fun dinner and movie, that sort of thing. And then Travis and I could go out and just, it would be the two of us, or they would always have a Christmas shopping one. So that was another extension of that ministry. They brought in speakers to um, bring the moms together and just kind of offer um, information and support. I mean, there's they just had this outreach that in so many there was just so many ways to to support the family's faith journey and to let them know that the church community was behind them. I mean, even Josie got when she made her first communion, uh, they had special resources just for her to help her kind of understand. Uh, the process of going through those sacraments. So uh, that was a huge, a huge advantage for us in moving to this area and feeling very welcoming that it didn't matter. You know, what if Josie yeah. would act out, you know, one time she flopped on the way back from communion and anybody yeah. who has a kid with Down syndrome probably understands that whole drop. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I was just a little mortified, you know, people were stepping around her, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, the special needs ministry coordinator came over and she, she was just so wonderful. She's like, it's fine. Just keep walking. It's fine. You know? And so it was just, it was just nice because you know, you just had a sense of like, everybody was so cool about it because the yeah, church has made such sure. an effort to be inclusive, you know? For sure. Oh man, I love that. Um, that reminds me of a t- every t- every story you're telling me. I'm like, yep, uh huh, been there. Grace was giving a <laughs> girl that's helping me out with the podcast, Maddie. Um, her babysitter. She was graduating from high school, and Grace was giving one person gives a speech for each graduate. It was a small graduating class of maybe like seven kids. So Grace, we made this story, this um this story for Grace, very um easy to read story for Grace to read for her speech. And so, but Grace was the last one to give the speech. And by the time everything was done in the ceremony, Grace was done. She didn't even like want to get up to do the speech. She was dressed up. So my husband's like, kind of just like pulling her (laughs) up to do the speech. Maddie's there. And so she didn't want to read it. We have practiced this a thousand times, the speech. Like she nailed it so good, like with like snapping like sassing it up like oh gosh she's gonna nail this thing I'm so proud you know it comes to the speech and like she didn't want to do it she just wanted to flop like everything and so my husband she was over it totally and so my husband gives the speech but giving the speech as Grace saying it to Maddie I love you so much Maddie <laughs> like coming from my husband <laughs> funniest thing but the saddest thing at the same time <laughs> so. that, that is hilarious I oh. I love that story it reminds me of Leanne was my maid of honor at my wedding and she called yeah. herself my best woman um, <laughs> and she got up and gave a speech at in at the reception and at the very end of the speech she just looks at my mom and she goes do I get my cookie now? And it was like so apparent that she had been bribed into getting the speech and she wanted her payment like right then. Like, oh, that felt really sincerely. Gosh, it's so funny. Oh, I love that. Um, do you, okay, so with all this inclusion that we have and all these different like ministries at church, um, um, and I, I know you spoke about all the ones that you have for Josie and then, but when you kind of flash back to what you thought you saw available for Leanne at the time, um, it's just, it, does it do your heart so good to see the improvement and how easy it is to step in as a mom role to see all of the availability that G- Josie has to flourish and to have 
make it the path so much easier versus um, maybe you just don't know what you don't know kind of thinking with Leanne a little bit more. Well, this is this is a huge thing that I always tell new parents is you cannot look at somebody Leanne's age or older and project what your child will be like because the resources available are just night and day different. And that's one thing that my mom marveled at. You know, when when my sister was born, my mom went back and got her master's degree in special education. So my mom was this remarkable advocate at the time. But if you think about it, just a generation before Leanne, people with Down syndrome were not even allowed access to an education. They weren't perceived as needing that. Um, and often they were institutionalized, whereas, you know, my parents brought her home, they were given the option to not. Um, but no, they said, this is our child, we're going to love her. And um, they were delighted that she was even given a chance to go to school. But like I had mentioned, she was in a separate special ed classroom in a separate wing of the building, there was no inclusion. Um, but my parents were kind of pioneers at the time. I mean, for for you know, the generation before then, they had made a lot of progress. Um, whereas when we had Josie, my mom just marveled. She couldn't believe how many therapies that Josie had every week. Um, it was just significantly more than Leon had access to. And even the adaptive equipment, the orthotics, the hip helpers, the gait trainer, all those things Leon did not have access to. I mean, my mom would talk about how they would have Leon sleep in high top tennis shoes and they would tie the laces together to try to correct, um, the pronation with the feet, whereas, you know, Josie was getting a new pair of sure steps every time she outgrew <laughs> the old pair. So um, if you think about even the medical care that our kids have access to has come so much further. Um, so yeah, it really is such a huge generational difference and so much progress that's going to be so beneficial for our kids. Um, well, we're kind of wrapping up a little bit. I just wanted to say, I know I mentioned it before, but I know a lot of us are a fan of the um, the transparency and the quick wit of your family and the way you <laughs> you wrap it up. And I know I, and I know it. There's a balance of it, you know. Just as a, as a human, as a mom, as a, as all of that, I know there's a balance of it. <clears throat> and I, I know it takes work too. It's a lot of work to show all that. Um, so I am a fan of the purple robe and the Pepsi days and the Frappuccinos and all that. <laughs> but more importantly, I'm a I'm a fan of the spotlight of the transparency and the um, the advocacy that you bring to all of your kids and your sister and you and your husband. And so um, I just appreciate um, what you're doing and, and the highlight that you give it. So I love the balance of it because I love the church. I love the, the schooling. I love the the working, Leanne working and all of that. So um, I know my, my grace is 17. So we're on the cusp of um, conservatorship and working outside of you know high school and all that stuff. So We've got a lot of big things coming. So I'm looking at Leanne a little bit and looking at seeing what she's mm -hmm. playing with and and what works doesn't work for everybody and just kind of like, you know, tinkering a little bit and seeing what what you know, works for some. That's true. Everybody's experience is different. Every journey is different. Um, but I'm convinced you can't escape the special needs sibling experience without a killer sense of humor. Yeah. Because if you don't laugh, yes. you'll lose your mind. And I think about this because even my, I never thought typically developing kids could be as funny as the one with Down syndrome. But I mean, my kids just crack me up. But all of our family inside jokes 
have to do with Josie or Leanne. And so that's what I say. I don't think you can escape without a sense of humor. You have to laugh or you'll lose your mind, right? Yes. Yes. This so, um, yesterday when we were, you were texting me or emailing me, I was at my daughter's graduation. So my middle daughter, she's big day. We're trying to really spotlight her. Okay. Like just giving her the whole thing. And, and so, um, she's 14. So grace is Nick, you know, like downplay to her because she shouldn't get any attention. Ah, 14, uh, 14. Like you don't deserve anything. You're 14, you know? <laughs> and so she comes out looking really beautiful with her robe and her hat uh 14 uh, I'm a high school 14 you know <laughs> out of the way I'm coming through and so we're like oh Lily you look so pretty taking pictures uh 14 I'm a senior 14 you know screaming in the back and so I'm just like on the most wonderful day so it just rings true in every single day so we just yell oh 14 like all the time like <laughs> Exactly. That's where inside jokes come from. No, so much. So, um, okay. I would be remiss if I didn't add a couple and I I threw them at you kind of late. We have three wonderfully made questions um, that we ask all of our guests. So first off, okay. First off your favorite movie, and it can be anything cheesy to anything like the godfather or something like that what's your favorite movie (laughs) i literally texted my husband and said what's my favorite movie that won't make me sound stupid um (laughs) no every christmas we watch it's a wonderful life that's really important to me like the black and white version and everybody's a family watching that so i would say that that one probably ranks highest okay that's a that's a that's the stupid that's this like the super super like safe move right there i love the wonderful life i mean i can tell you some cheesy movies i like too <laughs> yeah is it like how do we die in 10 days kind of thing uh well i remember going to universal studios with my husband before we had kids and i was yeah. like i don't i don't know about this place i've never seen any of these movies and yeah. he goes, well, Elizabeth, they don't have a Hope Floats ride. Like, what would you <laughs> yeah. do on a Hope Floats ride? Like, they can't make rides out of the movies you like. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you're probably right. There's no Steel Magnolias ride, you know? <laughs> the brown helmet. So, um, what is your favorite location? Like, where would you love to just, like, sit and relax? You can watch a movie here. It could be anywhere. Oh, gosh. I love where we live. I love the Midwest. I love being home. Um in terms of vacation spots, I'm really obsessed with the panhandle of Florida. It's area called 30A. It's right outside of Destin. And um, I mean, I've really enjoyed going there. I think I'm going to burn my family out on it, though, because we've just been so many times. So we're going to go one more time this summer and maybe take a break from that. Possible to burn out there. No, not possible. Um, mm-hmm. What are you working on for yourself in 2023? It could be anything from anything. I'm working on my writing career. Um, I just had an article published in America Magazine. I'm really proud of that. So I'd like to kind of expand uh, my writing opportunities and pursue that a little bit more. Well, that is fabulous. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you got. I'm looking forward to supporting that. So thank you so much. And for all of you wonderfully made um, followers, you have been super blessed today. If you are not following Catfish with Ketchup, please do so now. Um, you will not like it'll just be a bright shining light in your day so uh, follow her for all the haps uh, in the midwest and uh, thank you so much for joining us today Elizabeth I really appreciate your time and our conversations prior to so I really appreciate you just highlighting 
um, the Down syndrome community and um, all the awareness that it comes with that. And then being a, just a great supporter of your family and Marin and Biddy. And so just thank you so much. And just oh, thank you again. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Amy, for advocacy and for keeping a positive spotlight on the Down syndrome community. All right. Well, we'll chat with you later and we'll see you. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you to my wonderfully made followers for listening today. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. It was a, a real hoot to put it together um, with all the technology behind it and kind of just uh, walking through that and learning that. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed it. Look up Elizabeth and her family on Instagram. You will not be sorry. This will be one of the best follows that you click on. It, you can find her at, at catfish with ketchup on Instagram, um, like she said, and it'll be one of the best things that you follow each day. She's got one of the best stories. Uh, I know I look forward to it every time I see that bubble pop up. So um, thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. And then, hey, you might have seen us on our stories, but if you have a wonderfully made story, we want to hear from you. What makes you wonderfully made? What makes you um, that girl boss? What makes you that wonderful story? those perfect gifts that God has given you um, that's unique to you that you just love and enjoy that um, you love to use for the Lord or that you love to use for your family or through work what's something that you really enjoy that's wonderfully made share your wonderfully made story on our Instagram you will see us there and we would love to chat with you or just even share it on that platform so thanks so much we will see you next time all right talk to you later bye